Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week... It's Valentine's Day week. Oh, that's right. So we figured we'd have a look at a nice romantic film, and we have selected Dirty Dancing. And uh, we have two guests, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Andrew David! Hello, I'm back again. You're back again! Thank you for having me. Uh, you're most welcome, Andrew. What do you know about Dirty Dancing? Um, I'm assuming there is dancing of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody puts baby in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, rolling around on the floor. That right. is about the gist of it. Okay. That is all I have. I've been trying to spend all day like thinking in my head, like, because obviously you absorb a lot about Dirty Dancing just mm-hmm. by existing in the world. Mm-hmm. But every single thing I thought I knew about it, I just can't latch onto and it's, it's gone. My mind is blank. So okay. this See, is going to be an uh, interesting watch. I think it will be. You're coming into it relatively open-minded. I mean, what, yeah. where are you on, on romance films? I don't think I've ever asked you this. Um, I enjoy watching them, but I don't go out of my way for them. Right. Um, yeah, I'm always more of a horror or action kind of man. Thriller. Right. Um, but romance can be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we saw When Harry Met Sally last yes. year. Yes. Uh, you're, you're really broadening my horizons. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's lovely. But that was a, a cracking film. And joining you and me from that episode, someone who uh, I think has been saying from day dot that she wanted to be on this one. So here she is, Kate Willoughby. Hello. Hey. Yes. Dirty Dancing and Harry, When Harry Met Sally. Those are my... Two, and Princess Bride. Those are my three... <laughs> movies and you've made it on all three yes so well done okay uh before we get into um dirty dancing in in any great detail in a vague non-spoilery sort of way what can someone like andrew expect from a film uh, if they haven't seen it um okay so dirty dancing yes has dancing okay good Um, yes it is dirty um but uh it's it, it there's romance but it's not a romance movie it's not a notebook type thing um in it's sort of a coming of age first love um but it's really about sort of growing up um in i guess sort of in an era so it's more Uh, coming of age film coming of age romance romance. yeah Yeah, so the there is like a there's a romance that's like the heart of it with the two people um Mm. but it's not like you know yeah i guess i'll get more into it but it is just sort of a, a nice I would say it's a sensual movie. Ooh. It's a it's a sensual film. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay. Dirty Dancing. Yes. In the behind the scenes thing that people at home, they won't know, but um, occasionally people will, will suggest films that they would quite like to watch. And that's, I'm all for that because then I know who to roster on. And Dirty Dancing, pretty much from the day we started this podcast, was the one that you were just absolutely keen as a bean to be on. Yes. Uh, it is an amazing movie. Mm. Um, when we were at a rehearsal, I was like, Dirty Dancing is a classic. 
No one had seen it, but mentioned Footloose, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Footloose, it's great." And no one has seen Dirty <laughs> I think Dancing. I'm in that camp as well. Yeah, um, Dirty Dancing. Um, it was an independent film. It was the highest grossing independent film up until a few years ago mm. um, in the world. Um, it came out in the eighties. Um, it's I don't know. I I found out later it was written by a woman. It was produced by a woman, um, and it shows in the storytelling. It was directed by someone that's worked in documentary and in dancing, and um, he was gay himself. And so it's this. It's got really great storytelling, and it's just really fun and sexy, and um, it's just a great movie. And it became unintentionally my mum and I. My mum watched it in the cinema when it came out. Mm. My dad took her out on a first date and they went to see it in the cinema. Mm. He's He had already seen at this point like two or three times because his <laughs> mum wanted to see it. Right. So he took his mum to Dirty Dancing and he took her to see it twice because she really loved it. Mm. And so when he was seeing my mum for the first time, he was like, I know what she's going to love. My mum loved it. <laughs> dirty dancing and it was just full of women like mm. the i think uh, all the dancing styles like club dancing where it's all like grinding and all yeah. that kind of stuff i feel like it's because of dirty dancing because dirty dancing like exploded in the 80s and then i think that sort of style just sort of continued and evolved into the mm. grossness that is in clubs now but um it's a it's a really good movie i don't know it has mm. some corny lines in it but it's just it's so good my history of dirty dancing is i know that i've definitely seen it but i cannot tell you much more than what andrew did because it was one of those films that was on sort of high rotation around the house because it's one of my mum's favorite films Mm. and uh hi mum uh it's finally dirty dancing she's been she's been on me since we started this podcast to do this film because your mum is correct it is an amazing my mum and i watch this as a Christmas tradition. Mm. Like, after Christmas, we'll watch this movie. Is yeah. it Christmas-themed at all? Or is that just no, when the family's together? Uh, so that's no, like... it's just, we, it was Boxing Day, and um, I loved Dirty Dancing, and my mum loved it. And we said, let's watch it. And we love the same moments. Patrick Swayze, oh my God. Um, and it just became a tradition of mm. um, eating Chinese food, watching Dirty Dancing. It's not a Christmas movie. Good no. tradition, though. That's a yeah. great tradition. And yeah, I grew up, basically, as like a six, seven-year-old with like, Dirty Dancing would be on on like a VHS whilst mum was doing stuff around the house. But me as a six, seven year old was like, ugh, dancing, boring. I'm not going to watch that. Do, 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 do. So I feel like I've seen most of the film through yeah. snippets like that. So I'm curious to see how much of it has actually seeped in. Yeah. Uh, and I am also curious to see it because people love this film. There yeah. is There is a real passionate fan base for this film like few others. And I'm just super curious to see why that is. So shall we watch Dirty Dancing? Let's go for it. So we're going to have the time of our lives. For those of you listening at home, pop in your DVDs and don't put that baby in that corner as we prepare to watch Dirty Dancing. And welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching Dirty Dancing by we, I of course, mean Kate Willoughby. Hello. And Andrew David. Also here. Andrew, that was your first time watching Dirty Dancing. I feel like I lost my virginity all over again. Really? Mm. Wow. That was a lot. Like, In a lo- good way? In a good way. <laughs> so, 
Um, it is a surprisingly sensual film, even though the film is called Dirty Dancing. Yeah, and I did tell you, and you did. You were, sensual is the word to use. You're yeah. correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I was again. This is a film which I said I've seen bits and pieces of, but as a child, so I'm like, I don't understand what this young woman's going through. <laughs> like, you know, she's going from girlhood to womanhood, but I'm six, so I don't get this. Like, um, it, it, I've at least it kind of feels like watching it for the first time for me as well. Um, I don't know if this struck you as well, but this is much more of a coming-of-age film than I was expecting. Yeah, which is what Kate mentioned at, at the beginning, but, like, the romance and the sex is, like, just a part of of Baby's story throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it is all about her, like, maturing and finding herself. And, like, the first 30 minutes of, of the film is, like, her walking into a new room, seeing a bunch of hot guys, and just being like, hmm, which one? Mm. And then <laughs> slowly easing into it. Um, but it's also about... Um, coming to grips with differences with your family and taking control of your life and moving forward in a way that you uh, hadn't considered before. Mm. Kate, uh, I know that it's not been a long time since you last watched this because I'm presuming that you watched it on Boxing Day with your mum. I did. Yeah, so it's been the first time in just over a month. Just over a month that I've seen it, yeah. Yeah. Um, How did it stack up on this viewing? Oh, it's really great watching it with people that haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time ever where I've been able to go, ooh, Oh, I like this bit. Oh, this is coming yeah, up. Stephen, oh. were watching you a lot throughout the thing. You're like, oh, Kate's sitting upright. Something's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I'm at the stage where I've watched it so many times that there is stuff I notice in the background, like, um, you know, like Penny's room or Johnny's room where, or even the dance studio where, like, besides Penny's bed, there's the dance picture of him and Johnny. And mm. in the dance room, you see their official portraits and, like, a lot of the set dressing or um, characters in the background or, you know, so I see a lot of, the movie does a great job of building the world. Mm. And if you pay attention, like the Schumachers, the people that steal everything, they're in the background of every shot. The old man's with all the guys when they're gambling. The, you know, the women are always around like during the food time before other people. Like, so Mm. when you watch stuff from the background, you can actually see all these other people doing stuff because I bet the Schumacher yeah. actors had a lot of fun with that role it's like just be dodgy in the background for a little bit no one's gonna know no but one's you're gonna, gonna have notice. fun yeah because yeah. the movie's all from baby's perspective so yeah. I loved how it was filmed like you only see what baby sees there's only a very few times where it's like she doesn't uh, you know like at the scene um, you know where the woman leaves the room and sees the two of them mm. kissing from the distance but yeah. generally most of the other shots has been you're seeing what Baby's seeing, so yeah. it's all from her point of view, which I really like. And Baby... Um, or Francis. Or Francis. She's Francis as she's now. by the end of the film. But I will refer to her as Baby, because that's what yeah. I've written yeah. for most of my notes. Baby is quite a fascinating lead. Uh, I, I, I wasn't sure what to expect, other than I knew that, that she was the protagonist. But I, I think it's... It, it, there's like a very particular type of character that you tend to get in coming of age stories. It would be very easy for this character to be very one dimensional and like yeah, very a fi- very flimsy caricature. Yeah, yeah of like, like the bookish exactly you know. like like an archetype of like the librarian that takes off the glasses and yeah. something hot. Like it, that character could baby could easily fall into that archetype, but she's a very nuanced character. Yeah. Which I really liked. You know, you saw her sarcasm, you saw her nervousness, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, like I carried a watermelon. Like it wasn't yeah. like this. <laughs> it wasn't this like, oh, I'm, I'm so like anxious. And, oh, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, Who are, yeah, what are, they're yeah. dancing together. Yeah. So she, she felt very like all the characters 
felt real mm-hmm. because there are some corny like there are so many movies where like I mean there's the classic of like you know you know all the times Johnny you've told us to never like you know go with those people like it's, it does have that very corny mm. like you know you're the help you know the boss man like that yes. kind of stuff but because they're so well rounded mm. and well performed like you believe the world that you're in and it doesn't mm. feel corny which I think yeah. it could have been it there are characters corny. who are corny like yeah. uh, John, Johnny himself is a so close to being corny. So close, but, but, but not. Patrick Swayze does just enough where you're like, you get away with it. Yeah. But like his cousin Robbie is absolutely that stereotypical 50s, for want of a better term, like... Um, He's sort of like a be- greaser. He's almost a greaser, yeah. Be- greaser, but like B-list male character. Yeah. You know, like for for, De- for every Danny Zuko, there's... um. Kaniki, like, like yeah. yeah, it's it's that kind of. He's like character. a nerdy Kaniki, but he's also I'm exposition. Yeah, like his yes. whole job, his whole role is to give exposition, yeah. and he does. Hey, whoa! A more interesting character is doing something, Johnny. Let's go have a look. I'm gonna tell you, you know what's gonna happen, but it also like he helps establish with Baby that he's very open and and warm mm. to her, and like very funny and playful. And, and yeah, he's the first person to invite her in into the into party stuff. And at first yeah. he's like, you can't be here. And then he's like, if you carry a watermelon, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you can hang, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I also like the idea that clearly he can't really get any because he was just like, she's with me. And yeah. it's just like... I mean, she's like, oh, I'm with Johnny now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I guess. Um, but also he's not a sleaze about it, which he, in any other film, like if this was like a high school musical, not that I'm, not that I'm dissing on high school musical, mm-hmm. but... Um, his character would be like, oh, I'm so put upon because I invited this woman into our friend group and then she immediately goes and hangs out with my best friend and leaves me in the dirt. And he could very easily be like a snotty antagonist. Yeah. Kind of like... Although, um, we, although we didn't need that because we had plenty Robbie. of snotty antagonists. We had and Robbie. they were all the rich, they were yeah. all the rich people. Yes. Yeah, we had Robbie and we had Neil. Oh. Neil Kate's favorite. Yeah. Um, the second Neil came in, I was like, <laughs> I hate him. And everyone's like, why? And I'm like, I just... Great eyebrow acting though. Yeah, he's so can move an eyebrow. like the 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 both the opposites of um which I which I love is that Neil is the nice woke guy like he's like I'm such a nice guy um yeah. and Robbie is this pretentious. He seems like a cool, but he, he kind of has a cool demeanor about him. Yeah, like in the very like in that uh the dining room scene at the beginning when it, like baby's looking in is like ooh who am I gonna get with throughout this film. If you see Robbie first, and he, he's kind of set up like the alternative love interest, and then I wrote um, Chad Johnny walks in, and then <laughs> <laughs> it really gets her attention. But it seemed like, um, and then I wrote Al Pacino knockoff server Robbie. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, um, it, it's kind of set up like uh, the combat in the love triangle, mm. but that's not where it goes at all. Yeah, which is really yeah good. I think most movies would be like. Here's a he's gonna be a doctor and here's the wait staff and then here's the working class. Who's she gonna choose? But mm. it's not about that because it's not actually about the boys or about the love no. interest. It's about Francis about baby growing as a person mm. and how even in the end, Johnny's like, You've inspired me, you know, to to think that maybe I can be better or I can ask for more, I can demand mm. that I deserve more in life and, and you've made me feel more confident and who I want to be, which is like amazing. Mm. And um, so it's sort of about her and she happens to fall for a guy. Like he helped her and, and she helps him in, in different mm. ways, but it's not a... Yeah, and I, I feel, well, I feel like the writing in this film absolutely reflects that. And I think it does help. Obviously, it's a, it's a female writer yeah. um, and a female creative team that's that's heavily involved in senior positions. But it's things like when 
her sister Lisa said she's going to go all the way with Robbie. And she says you should do it with someone that you're sort of in love yeah, with. Yeah, someone that mm. you kind of love. Like yeah. that kind not of. Not someone that you love. Like not that, that full like, no, it has to be someone that you love kind of thing. Because Baby is is showing throughout this film that she has an understanding that the world is more complex than people realize including herself yeah and you know she is the baby of the family people call her baby the entire yeah. time and they think that she doesn't understand penny it. Is, she doesn't in some yeah. points penny has know. a go at her during the, you know when she's um found out that she's pregnant and mm. um robbie's not going to help with anything yeah they always and, treat her like a like a naive newcomer yeah. that doesn't and, know and what's happening she is but at the same time she kind of gets on board with things very quickly or learns things and when she gets called out on stuff like hiding Johnny from her father and things like that, yeah. she then Learns. acts on it. Yeah. Um. She. She. That's why she's such a, a fascinating lead, I think. And it's. Yeah. And obviously, um, Jennifer Grey, who plays her, is just really good. Oh yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. a really great job, and you know she's, I think, twenty seven when this came out. But, yeah, they but, were both. They were both in their late twenties when this when they made yeah. the movie. Um, yeah. But but even in spite of that, like I I fully believed her as a. She was like meant to be eight, 17. Yeah, she I believe her as a late 17. teens yeah. sort of type character. More so than maybe, say, I keep comparing it to Greece for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think possibly just because of how Johnny was dressed. But um, <laughs> but but I, I, I sort of, whilst Greece itself is trying to be a very different film from what Dirty Dancing was trying to be, yeah. I, I think there's something about the character of Baby and the performance of, of Jennifer Grey that just really captures a really interesting and well-rounded protagonist which i just i don't feel like i see often in these sorts of films no you no. don't they yeah and that a they, character. they manage that balance of having very easily understandable characters like from the minute you meet them in the first scene they're set up and you understand them yeah. they manage to straddle that between them not being one-dimensional yeah which is where a lot of these kind of films fall into yeah is they give someone like a trope and a, one character trait and that's mm. them they, it'd be a film full of characters that Wayne Knight plays, a film full of stands. Uh, I do have to say, I love seeing Wayne Knight in this in a very early role for him. Yeah. Uh, just numening it up across the... Uh, He's very them. funny. I love yeah. it. Yeah, the MC. They're like, we just need a comedian. Yeah, really yeah. really small part, but really lovely. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. We have gotten far enough into this podcast. Let's talk Swayze. Uh-huh. No, yeah. <laughs> um, no, Swayze's amazing in this. Like, mm. uh, first of all, he's a great performer. Um, second, they got someone that can actually dance. And you see in so many movies and, and a lot of modern movies, and when they did a TV movie adaption, ABC did a TV movie modern adaptation of Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. It is trash, all right? First of all, me. but yeah, first of all... Good trash? No. Okay. Mm. It's actually what started the tradition between my mum and I three years ago because we both saw it and we were like, Had to Dirty Dancing is amazing. And mum said, yes, this is terrible. And then we had to watch the new movie, the original movie, just to cleanse our body and yeah. soul. I, it would be remiss of me not to say that the reason I saw Sound of Music for the first time a couple of years ago was because of the like live action one with Carrie Underwood. Right. Which um, I, I have to do that? Yeah. And wow. she, I, I watched it with, with Ellen and Sarah um, and they were both disgusted. And yeah. I, having not seen Sound of Music mm. at that point, went, it doesn't seem that bad. And they went, right, we have to show you. And then I watched yeah. Sound of Music and I go, no, actually that yeah, was so see, much ABC worse. ABC keep doing live things. Mm. 
And they're terrible because I don't know what. Anyway, that's a whole other. It is a whole thing. A, Looking forward to Young Frankenstein later this year, ABC. Yeah. Wait, they're doing that too. Uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, but this one was like a proper filmed one. Like they redid it and they wanted to expand. The, anyway, we'll get into that. Anyway, Swayze. Swayze. Um. So Patrick Swayze, he can actually dance, and you see that. Like he is a dancer and um, a brilliant performance, and it's and all the subtlety. Like when Johnny's about to go and talk to Baby's dad. And you can see it in his hands. Like he has that nervous little hand, and he like, and he knocks on the door, and it, it like his whole body, like he every inch of it, mm. it it's acting. And even when he first sees baby, like he's not an asshole. Like he could have easily have been like yeah. a stereotype of going like, I'm a dickhead. But once I open up, you'll see there's a sensitive. Science. I kind of went into this film assuming that there'd be, there'd be a lot of like, yeah, posturing, eighties like. 80s, like mm. things that haven't aged very well, like the familial thing, like relationship yeah. stuff that just. Is very, in hindsight, like antagonistic. Mm. Um, like yeah, yeah, that's like yeah. That, that kind of thing I expected, and but it, none of that's in here. Well, well, none of that certainly with Swayze. You no. get it with bloody Rob giving him a giving her a <laughs> Anne Rand book. Oh. Just like, yeah, God. I'm gonna have to bleep myself for that. But yeah, yeah. and yeah. just just that I was like, yeah, you got to cut out Anne Rand. No one wants to hear that. Yeah, yeah Robin, um, <laughs> Robin Neal, they're very patronising and and, mm. and their treatment and like. Yeah, like I said, oh, no, he's an arsehole. Everyone's like, what do you mean, Neil? I mean, he's a bit, oh, you know, and I was like, wait. wait. And then it was that wolf scene where he's like, baby, sometimes there are things in this world that you just don't want to see. You know, there's things that happen and you just don't want to see you grit it. your teeth. Like, and, oh. and she just, like, turns to the side and you could just feel her just wanting to, like, go, fuck. Like I was it, ready for her to push him straight into that straight lake. Into the, straight into the lake. Like, it's that mm. sense of it, very patronising. But I think it also showed, again that stereotype of like the 70s and 80s movies that shows a difference to what happens when women write mm. men yes. and not 80s men high on cocaine writing movies of going, this is how they want women. Like pretty much people go, this it's, is a Chad or whatever. It's definitely like, like these are men that the writers have encountered in their lives multiple yeah. times yes. and has boiled down into these characters. And they're so real. I'm yeah. like, that is way too real. But like Johnny, mm. he and, and Patrick, again, he could have it could have been... That, that very set, like I said, that archetype of mm. like, I'm the tough guy and you open up and he's got that sort of look to him. Mm. But even then, he's always been sort of very, yeah, a bit defensive, but not in an asshole way. Just mm. very like, oh, yeah, you assume, you know, that it was me. That, yeah. You know, I got her pregnant. Like, okay. You mm. know, yeah, because he's always on the, on the defensive. He's always got his um, hackles up because he knows that anyone he talks to is going to assume the worst about it and yeah. assume he's the kind of character that I assumed he would be going into the film. Exactly. Mm. But he's not. And like that's and that's why it's the movie I kept saying, this is a female gaze film. Like mm. it is a woman writing a guy and going like, this is someone that, yes, he's tough, but he's tough because he, he grew up in a tougher neighborhood and he ha- and he and he lives in a world where people constantly treat him his mm. whole career is that people treat you like crap yeah and he just has to put up with it and that's something that baby just doesn't understand mm. for uh, for a bit because he's like no i can't just stand up to him i need i need work yeah like i you, i can't you yeah. know just rely on my family and stuff like that and um, that scene where Patrick, uh, is like as Johnny, when he talks about all these women and and about how like they were using him, mm. and and when he talks about his life and or when he told his like I don't think he had any intention of telling him about me. Like it was heartbreaking. Like mm. you really felt for him where yeah. he maybe was even clearly more invested in baby than maybe she was 
with him or mm. she was too scared to open up to him completely. It's an interesting look at what is a, a common sort of film experience of the slightly older man who has some experience with, with love and sexual yeah. relationships and the new, showing her. Yeah, yeah, and showing her the way. I really liked that inversion of going that here is someone who's had these relationships and has been hurt by them. And you even see like uh, when Vivian is like trying to proposition him uh, towards the end because her husband's too busy smoking cigars and gambling. Yeah. And he turns it down because he's not interested in that and also because he's got baby in his life. Mm. But I, I thought that was so interesting to go to look at that aspect of it because I think it's something that I don't think it's something that's been looked at in a lot of films since even. Like like the idea of the the negatives of being the more experienced person in the relationship and about yeah, I'm experienced but I've been hurt by so many of these things especially like for a male character to have that experience it never comes up really yeah because again male written films and that kind of stuff it's, it's normally like, assumed that can't show weakness no this is a yeah. sexual experience is a sign of masculinity and yeah. manhood and that you, there's nothing bad about it in any way yeah we're not but no, it's a multifaceted thing for him yeah, yeah and the fact that he says well they wouldn't be treating me this way if they didn't care about me so mm. that you know, yeah, that harsh reality of him having yeah. to just... Because he's a person trying to find value in his life and that's the value people put upon him. Mm. So he assumes that it's inherently valuable. Yeah, and like same with like how um, his dad was talking about how his uncle, how he could be a painter. And then or when he was a teenager, he became a dancer because someone was like, hey, you can make money learning how to dance. And so that's he found a passion for it, but it was like well, here's a way for me to make money and I don't have to be a painter. And then the women, these older women, these married women using him, a lot of it has to be, it's about his body, his physical labor, yes. um, what he can give to people. And his body is constantly like about giving. Mm. Um, but baby, you know, doesn't want that. She's talking about like, you should stand up because you are worth more. Like, mm. I think that you're so brave. And my father, who's a doctor, he shouldn't have taught. He shouldn't have spoken to you like that, and mm. that's not okay for him to do. You yeah. know, so she's really the first person, maybe other than you know his cousin and and um, Penny, mm. that really see him as like, no, you're my equal, and and you should be treated with that kind of respect. Yeah, and I think if while we're on the subject of of male characters who are written against type, uh, Doctor Jake Houseman, yeah, Baby's dad, for a lot of this film, I think acts like the sort of typical fathers in this sort of middle 20th century, middle yes. America over type fathers. Over, overprotective, but not with the, no daughter of mine. Like he yeah. doesn't, like when, when he lays down the law with her and says you're not to see them, it's not in a impotent rage kind of way. It's just like, you're not going with them. They're not great people. Yeah. This is not a and good situation. And the closest situation. was get that stuff off your face. I think yeah. that was really the harshest, again, like, yeah. But her being sexual, mm. a woman and, and sexual mm. is like, no, take that stuff off your face. That was really the closest he got yeah. to being. And it's, and you know, that's, that is an important aspect of, I think, to be honest, I think in Western society of fathers and their relationships with their daughters mm. as they become women, because that's not something that a lot of men are comfortable with. Yeah. But I really liked the way the final, the final third of this film dealt with his arc. Yeah. Um, when, from, from when, uh, Johnny goes to apologize, but he's still he's still judging him, and he Johnny's like, yeah, I'm too proud to explain this to you. Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing because he's proud; they're yeah. both proud in their own and, way. And Johnny assumes that even if he did explain yeah. it, it doesn't won't change anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's so important that he came back. The reason he came up and the reason he said no one puts him in the corner and because he performed is because he was like, 
that's what Francis would do. Yeah. She would, she stood up in front of everyone and said that I'm with this person, so he's going to do the same yeah. yes. to help her. So yeah. anyway, but back to the dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also it comes full circle when he finds out that he was wrong. Mm. When he finds out that, no, Robbie was this this guy who he'd been enamored with because he thought it would be a good partner for his other daughter, Lisa, yeah. who's going to train to be a doctor. He's a doctor, obviously. Is that kind of like professional bond that yeah, they have. Yeah, like you're my equal. Yeah. yeah. And then when he finds out, no, it's him who knocked her up and he has no like regrets or remorse about doing it. Like, yeah, you know what these ladies are like. And he just takes the check back and then he apologizes. And that is, I, I loved the apology. because yeah. Partly because he does that. And then he he doesn't apologize to baby, but he kind of does. Yeah, it's yes. all what he doesn't say. Cause some people say, yeah. when I say I'm wrong, you know, I'm wrong when I say I'm wrong. Or he says something like that. Yes. Yeah. And then I've had some people watch it going, he never actually said I'm wrong or apologize. And I'm like, no, he did. Like, that's and same the, with, with baby. It's yeah. like, you were wonderful out there. Yeah. Like, it's about this, the dad's arc is about not his words, but also his actions and yeah. what... He says, yeah, and, he, and he's, he's a very he's from a very reserved generation that is, yeah. it's hard for them to talk about their feelings, mm. and what he says is like far beyond what a lot of people in that uh, scenario would say. And we also have to remember, like the like American fan, like this is meant to be in the start of the sixties, sixty three, sixty three. This guy is like in his fifties, his like. Mm. You know, this would, and he's a doctor. He's probably, like, he's probably this like is, a war vet. As he's well. probably a war vet from World War Two. Like, like, and then there, it's a Jewish American mm. family vacation holiday spot. Like, mm. so all the people that are there, are, and all the wait staff that are that, that are going to college and university, mm. they're all Jewish Americans it's, as well. It, it's so a community. It's, that, it's a community, yeah. and of that sense of outsider. So he is a guy that has probably seen a lot of stuff and. You know, so I, of course he's very, I think, protective. Yeah, and I think the, the actors, the way he acts, like there's so much subtext in those final lines that yeah. he gets yeah. across brilliantly with just his facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah. And also the scene, I think the best scene in this film, and I don't know if you agree, Kate, it is when Baby confronts him after she's admitted yeah. that at the gazebo. Was, yeah, at the, the gazebo, not the gazebo. <laughs> oh, get him to the gazebo. Um, yeah, it's literally when people mention like dirty dancing, you get rid of like, you have like Patrick, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But when they talk about the heart, everyone mentions this scene. So it's you are so not the only good. one. It is it's beautiful. It's so good. Just, just, just the acting in you it. You nearly cry. Like every time it yeah. hits a point where she starts tearing up, I'm like... Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, keep going, Stephen. No, no, but that's exactly it. It is very emotionally affecting. The, the performance of of Jennifer Grey is is fantastic, and all the points that she's saying, you kind of can't be argued with because she's not going in there saying you were wrong, Daddy, or going in there going, you know, I'm an independent woman. I'll do with my uterus what I want, or anything like that. She goes up and says, "I'm sorry, I lied to you, but also, I think that you were wrong because." what you've you've not been living up to what you've been proclaiming to me. Yeah, and so it's like we're both in the wrong. I'm apologizing because I feel like I failed you. Mm, but and, I'm a part of this family. But I am a part of this family and you can't keep ignoring me. And he doesn't say anything because he's still on the silent treatment thing. But you can see he's devastated. Oh, and when she walks off and you can tell he wants to call out to her. Yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And he can't. And it's harp and that and also that sense of like it is like you you say everyone deserves a fair chance but you mean people like you mm, yeah. you want me to change the world but you want me to go to university and marry someone yeah because that's really what happened like that's her older sister her older sister's yeah, probably finishing college and, she's and they're taking the her time. off talking about mm. to get married and baby is about to go to university so it's sort of that sense of no you want me to live this life and but you know and that is a very closed off 
way of thinking, which I think is, yeah, amazing. And that eye acting with the dad, like mm. it, oh, getting teared up. It was up. just, so it good. was just amazing. It's a mm. beautiful scene, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. And again, that's why you don't, you know, dialogue is just a thing. Mm. You know, I. It's also about acting, and mm. I think that. It could have been a very melodramatic scene, you know, yeah. like a bad. That scene could easily have been them yelling at each other, and yeah. then you know, it, yeah. And I liked it, and I liked the fact that he was sitting down, and I liked that it was the leaves were falling, and it's because of fall, like you know, mm. the change is coming, and it's yeah, it's a wonderful scene. It, it really is. Um, obviously, the film culminates in some dirty dancing. Um, yes, yeah. I mean. I'd be honest, the dancing wasn't terribly dirty. It was kind of dirty in that one scene where she's first exposed to the, the, the subculture. Yeah. Which and is then, a great introduction. That's yeah. what you need it to be, And then, really. of course, we're introduced to Penny, um, yeah. who is a just a... I was surprised by how much she ended up being almost a secondary character. Yeah. Yeah, but, after her art kind of um, yeah. for f- culminate, she, she's kind of sidelined for the rest of the but, film. But she's... It's a great performance, though. I, oh, yes. She really stood out for And that's me. another character where that would obviously be, like, the girlfriend, and mm. then it would all be, like, another love triangle between the three of them. But, it, yeah. no, and they're I like just that. all friends, and they, they get along. Yeah. And, like, there's some kind of tension there, but... The it, tension is between that they've... They used to date when they were, like, younger. Like, mm. uh, probably yeah. when they were, like, 12 or 13, and now they've just stayed friends. And, like... Mm. But the tension's always about because of... Again, it's about how they live it's yeah. like if you get caught your career's gone and she's right yeah. why do you want to throw this work opportunity away mm-hmm. for some woman this girl who probably doesn't really care about and she's going to be gone in two weeks yeah because again she probably knows all the times that he's that these older women you know what i mean like yeah. and the fact that when she went to look for johnny after he sort of had a go at her she went to penny's and where was he was there because yeah. of course she was like there's pro- there probably is a deleted scene or a written scene that never happened because, mm. again, the movie's all from baby's perspective. So mm. but I could easily imagine him being really upset and her going, I knew that this is exactly yeah. what would happen. And, of course, it did, you yeah. know, so... And the performance from Cynthia Rhodes is great. Not just the physical Amazing. dancing performance, which the scenes where she's dancing this way is... Amazing. It's like, wow, you guys are good. Yeah. Um, but... Her performance stuff, obviously, around the um, getting pregnant and mm-hmm. going for the abortion. And for those of you playing at home in history, 1963, abortion is illegal everywhere in America. Um, it's only really about a decade later that it started getting legalized in other areas. Well, in some areas and then yada, yada, yada. Um, so, so obviously, her her life is massively in danger. And, she, you know, she, she has the, the abortion. That's why... Um, uh, baby ends up stepping into the, the to the to the dance routine, which we'll get to in a sec. Yeah. Um, I really like the fact, though, that this film doesn't do the moral quandary of oh, question. Yeah. 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 Now, now, whether, whether, I think that's how they got away with it. Honestly, yeah. they never mentioned the word abortion. Yeah. Like really, and they never do that. Is it right or is it, it wrong? Once. Yeah, once. But once. then they they there's probably only mm. could only say it so many yeah. times. But they I think by not doing that quandary. Mm. I, I think it's it slipped by for a lot of the rating systems. It, it's also more that that's a quandary which has been explored so many times mm. in mm. so many other films, whereas for this film, it was a question of... The question wasn't about the ethics of it. It was about the fact that it was something that was difficult to, ha- to happen. Yeah. There was the surrounding stuff of the ethics and the fact that Baby had to keep it secret from her father why she needed the money to help pay for it, mm. and then that's why her father got mad at her as well and all the social stigma around it. But I really just appreciated 
the fact that this was a part of, of their lives. It was a reality. Lives. It and was it, a reality. And it yeah. was the reality. And obviously, look, we could go into an entire thing about women's healthcare around the world and I would get very cross, but we're not going to go into that. It could be yeah. the whole podcast. Yeah, because uh, that's not what this is about. I think that this film depicts um, that the reality of that subject matter um, in a really fascinating and non-moralistic way, which I think is so rare for such a hot-button yeah. issue. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, okay. No, no. I was about to say, and I really like that they make it part of the storyline like they call the movie dirty dancing so it means you can't get rid of the dancing right and then they make the they make the the core of the movie baby has to dance with johnny because penny has to get an abortion and they add that all through the crux of the story so it's like you can't get rid of it you can't Mm -hmm. go you know and i think that would be a very easy thing to do for people to go if you want this movie to be made you have to get rid of it it's like no she has to there has to be a reason why they they dance and making that a core part of it and also going back to the dad never judgmental towards penny and Mm. that i really loved as well so like he even if he even if he's feeling even if he completely disagreed with it Mm. he only showed that to baby he never he entered johnny but it it was great bedside manner and like and how he treated and same when she said your dad came back oh he's such a lovely man like no judgment towards her and i and i and how he treated her and i thought that that was amazing and the only time you see her um which again it's sort of my fan theory because like she's in the kitchen at the start and she's crying but everybody johnny and the cousin they already know that she's pregnant so it's not like she's just found out my theory is is that she that's the night that she tried to tell creepy Robbie yeah uh, that she was pregnant mm. and I wouldn't be surprised if he lost his crap and if he like hit her or something the fact that you see him out with the sister and then coming back and him being all Chum. creepy and stuff like I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually what happened you know and that's why he said you should have come to me you know if you needed help like I think that yeah. might have been the night she tried to go to to Robbie about it so yeah. I don't know I think it's just all done really well sorry that's my yeah. fan because no, again really like well. I said it's all from baby's perspective and I love that mm. they don't try to give you scenes that don't exist from baby's world because mm. it's her telling the story yeah. of her life so how would she know yeah, th- some th- scenes if she wasn't there I think the only scene that we see is Johnny's attempt to talk to, mm. to Jake but that's, that's it. integral to our understanding of where the characters are at in the film. Exactly. That's the only time, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, so really fascinating. We do have to talk about um, the dancing. Yeah, amazing. Specifically, uh, the performance itself, mm-hmm. where she doesn't do, the lift doesn't happen. Yeah. She doesn't feel confident. She doesn't trust him. And then, obviously, the subsequent end dance, where the lift does happen. The famous and it's, lift. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's one of the most famous, if not... Maybe the most famous dance sequence from any film. Yeah. There's always like a few, like when, like some movies hmm. where they might imagine it. But I think, yeah, Dirty Dancing has that and Flash Dance. I think those are the two where if you yeah. showed these two shots. Maybe Footloose, someone dancing angrily in a. In or a... no, they might the feet, all the feet shot yeah. of yeah. everyone dancing maybe. Yeah, but like I. But it's, it's, it's the lift. It, it, it yeah. is mimicked and parodied so often. Yeah. And that, that, you know, that song, the I've Had the Time of My Life, coupled with that, I yeah. think it, it's. It worked so well. Yeah. One of the things I really liked, though, uh, was seeing that first dance, the Thursday night one, where Baby is so uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, you two so... talk about it. I loved it how, like, <laughs> through the movie, all of a sudden, Andrew David was like, you were like, hang on. 
it's not just dancing, it's <laughs> diegetic to what she's going through. I was like, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't want to say anything before we sat down and watched it. Yeah. So I love the fact that you were like, oh, hang on, okay, I know what to say. You guys yes. talk about this okay. now. So I, I was very surprised when we got into it that all the dancing was diegetic and actually yeah. part of the world we were watching. I just, mm. I assumed that it like would just step be... step up or something. Exactly. Yeah. And then they dance and then they move on and no one acknowledges it. Yeah. Um, but uh, we also got into talking about the way the different dance sequences are shot. Mm. How when it's just them together practicing, it's all close-ups and warm colours. You've got and the crawl dance, which is in the middle of a bright yes, sunny day. Yes. Very playful. Um, but that dance, the first performance dance they do, it's all... And you can really see the documentary filmmaker mind going into it. Mm. It's all wide shots. It's all uh, like very clinical blues and whites. A very harsh stage, like showing the reality of stage lights. It's almost it's very... like they're in a laboratory and we're watching them behind the glass and they know they're being watched. Mm. Um, and for Johnny, it's what he does, it's fine. But for Baby, like she's like, oh, uh, you're getting like a bit of stage fright and sh- she's uh, nervous the entire time. Mm. Um, and then the, the final dance is like very warm, like soft pinks and yeah. again, close-ups of them together. Yeah, and like her hair is down. Mm. Same, like pink dress, but it's hers and like her hair is natural and it's not her trying to be someone else. And it is about trust and it is about them also doing their own moves because Mm. before she was just Johnny Castle and partner. But then in the final scene, it's, she is who she is, and they're mm. not—they're not hiding their relationship, and and she's, not baby, and she's not baby anymore. Yes, yeah, and I love that, and that's why you know when he's when they're trialing all the dance scenes um, with the lifts, and they're in the field, and he says like, mm. "If you don't trust me, you're gonna hurt me." Mm. Right, mm. and I'm just like so many layers, right? But like they have to trust each other for the dance to work. To be mm. partners, mm. you know, it's about being okay with him leading this dance, but working together. Like, yes, the you know Johnny leads the dance because traditionally men lead the dance, but the dance only works if the two of you work together, and mm. if you trust him enough that he's not going to drop you, then mm. yeah. Which is yeah. why when that lift happens. She trusts him. Their relationship mm. is at that full. And she is a woman now. Like mm. her, you know, will they last? I don't know. They never They never confess their love for each other. There's never, you know, will their relationship finish after this night? Will they continue for a few months and then maybe it'll mm. fizzle out? You don't know and that's not the point. You know, mm. it's the point of how, how the dance shows how they've worked together yeah. on their own. Yeah, but yeah, you guys keep talking about it. No, it's just it's just again, it's really lovely to see dance used so so well. Yeah, mm. uh, it's not just like and now we'll do the dance that's kind of fun, and now we'll do the like sad Greece. dance. Actually, funnily enough, it's yeah, you know, it's, yeah. But yeah. then again, but Greece has its origins in being a musical, a musical where, where when it's yeah. the theatre, it is much more constructed along those lines, and the dancing is non-diegetic. Yes, um, but for a lot of films, like that doesn't translate well. Yeah, yeah. and I like that. Speaking of. Uh, diegetic and non-diegetic the music yes. was yes. a really interesting thing I loved it when you realised how it was done I was like yes good <laughs> ah, so, the layers are yeah. coming together <laughs> you're so, noticing them yeah. obviously diegetic music being uh, diegetic is when there is an element of the production that takes place within the scene so for example diegetic music is the music they're playing on their records so whenever they're listening to things most of which was written by Carol King I noticed which was great oh. um, but when they're listening to music like when they're in bed together and there's just music playing off a record player that's diegetic and it's all from the time period. There's yeah. all, it's all from the 50s and 60s. But then there's 80s synth stuff, but it's never 
it's it's non-diegetic. It's not on the records. It's yeah. it's always in, like incidental music. Like when Lisa goes to Robbie's chalet and finds yeah. him hooking oh, up with Vivian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, um, yeah, the, the 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 hungry eyes when she's yeah. learning to dance and um, she's got uh, Penny sort of guiding her from behind and she's dancing with with Johnny and you've just got hungry eyes. But it's 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 obviously that modern late 80s perspective looking at it yeah and it's you know feeding into the hungry eyes how they're like oh they like each other or that kind of thing um it's so clever yeah which is why when they have i've had the time of my life it's an 80s song but he puts it on the record Mm. and it's the only song where it's a modern song but it's actually in the world but also the band is playing it the band starts playing at the end yeah it's a bit weird Um, but then the guy goes can we get sheet music for this so this sort of sense of this modern song Mm. of the two music styles coming in into the final song because again it's like the modern dance moves the dirty dancing and the older sort of dancing and stuff has sort of come together so it's the only one where like it doesn't really make sense because it's but it's it really a, really but, works for the scene but it works so well you're like yes um, and and like um narratively it works really well because exactly. it's all about like the culture progressing yeah and like all these stuffy older people kind of embracing the new modern culture yeah mm. and that's the whole the whole movie is about just change like mm. relationships t- changing and people growing and even at the start you know she talks about america because again it's her being older telling the story you know this mm. was before um kennedy was shot before the beatles you know mm. uh, that sort of sense of america was changing mm. well that change was coming it was also like but an it was hindsight. period yeah it was that yeah. weird period of the 50s still sort of having that hold on the mm. on the 60s era and it's yeah well it's kind of like like culture has kind of stalled a little bit what with world war Two and the korea war yeah and now culture is kind of reigniting again yeah yeah and same thing with the d- dirty dancing where did they learn it oh they've all learned from their basements so it's just it's stuff that people have learned separately mm. from the shadows and now they come together and then at the end of the movie they're out mm. you know like this is the change that's happening and you're with it or you're against it sort of thing i mean max max kellerman who's the guy who runs the kellerman estate even has that little spiel at the end yeah. where he just says you know kids don't want to be coming here they want to be going to europe 22 countries in three days like like even he's acknowledging he's like the embodiment yeah. of this kind of like old world money and power and even he's going it's it's slipping away it's yeah. going and I think it's really interesting that this film ends with everyone acknowledging mm. that change. Only the power of dance can get through. Yeah. yeah, and that's why she's called Frances at the end. Again, Johnny's the only one that calls her by her real name. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. Yeah, so it was pretty fun. It was very fun. Would very you guys fun. like some trivia about Please. dirty dancing? I love trivia. I will say yes or no if I knew this trivia. No, I won't. I know all of okay. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the first bit is that Patrick Swayze had to convince Jennifer Grey to be in this film. Yes. Because she uh, had disliked him so much while they filmed 1984's Red Dawn. Oh, okay. So they, mm. they did not get along. And indeed, there's a lot, a lot of the trivia was about their sort of fractious off camera relationship yeah so no one knows because in the in documentaries um swayze's wife spoke speaks about it um because patrick swayze is no longer with us Mm. um but no one knows what happens in that room he just knows that they went off and spoke then they came back and they were all teary-eyed and they said we're going to do the movie Mm. but when they had their huge falling out the director is amazing he managed to make 
aggressive tension look like great mm. sexual tension on camera. <laughs> yeah. um, but when they were like getting like their peak up, he actually showed their audition tapes to them. And they said, look at this chemistry that you have on this screen test. Mm. Look how great you look together. Yeah. Let's do this, you know? <laughs> so uh, there was very tense mm. between the two of them. Yeah. yeah. And, and did um, the director, uh, Emil Ardolino, yeah. um, who, as you say, uh, he won an Academy Award for his documentary filmmaking. Yeah. was... Uh, fantastic um, documentary filmmaker. Did, obviously, did this directed Sister Act as well before he um, passed away. Passed away from AIDS yeah. at a mm. very young age. I think he was only fifty. Yeah. Um, one of the things that he did, which you were actually telling us as well, Kate, while we were watching, is he used he kept the camera running and would use some of that footage in the final film. So the bit where they're learning to dance and Patrick's doing that thing where he runs his, his fingers along her arm and then it gets near the armpit and she, it tickles her and she starts to laugh. And and Johnny, in quotation marks, looks annoyed. That's just Patrick Swayze being annoyed that the, t- the shot's taking yeah. so long. Yeah, because I think, I think the story goes is that it was the last shot of the night um, and then apparently she got um, Jennifer Grey. It was really long shooting and they're all, because again, they all filmed it in, in winter that's why it was raining a lot. They had to make it part of the show. Oh, like, oh um, it's, it's raining so much. Yeah, um, yeah. it's because they were in winter and um, and they were just filming and they all had to live in the cabins. So that's why all the crew and the dance, like they all looked very close because they all had to live together, mm. which meant that if that's why the tension was building because if she wanted to be left alone, there was nowhere to go. And apparently at this one time at filming when they were doing that dance thing, she was just like, I want this amount of cheese. And she wanted she wanted the cheese platter. <laughs> she was like really frightened. She Same. just wanted to eat some. But they were in the middle of whoop yeah. whoop. There was no way that they, they were they getting They should have known. Cheese. They should have bought more cheese. And mm. so they didn't have any. And like Patrick, I think they were, he, she was more getting into sort of more Hollywood stuff. And he was still more like, very like, no, like let's work with the crew. Like he's a guy that would probably like, lift the camera and help the crew people. So he was getting really frustrated that the filming had been held up because she obviously got really emotional. She was very exhausted. They've been working long hours and she, I've been there, Um, not for film, but just... Not dirty uh, dancing. Not dirty dancing, unfortunately. But, um, you know, (laughs) so I think everything got held up and then it was the one shot. All they needed was that little trace and then they were done for the night after filming like probably 17 or 20 bloody hours and she just kept laughing mm. and i thought but it's such a great shot it's yeah. such a great scene like and then, all the training sequences but are then amazing. when she, she they they do it right and she's all like it, it looks amazing. it looks great because it looks like there's been progress yeah and i think that's great uh, but yeah patrick swayze's actually annoyed face is so wonderful yeah and seeing their process as well like um mm. you it's a montage of and this is what i love it's not just like a lot of movies they're like here's the dancing montage yeah it's like Yes, this is a dancing montage, but one, you're seeing her improve, but two, you're seeing her confidence in how she dresses and how she behaves and their Mm. relationship. And then by the final shot, where it's um, the heels and the stockings and the two women are dancing together, Mm. you can't tell who's who. Like, until it pans up and it goes, there's, there There's, she is. There's Penny, there's Penny. Yeah. And a lot of those kind of montages, it's like, it, it's like step one, step two, and now you can dance. But this one, it, it feels like, you could watch the whole thing and teach yourself how to dance from it. Yeah, which is it's really actually great. And even even in the final scene, like when I've watched it so many times, that final dance, that final dance isn't perfect. Mm. Like I think there's one point where she's turning and there's a weird arm movement between Johnny and Baby, but it's okay because it's and that's what I really like about it is that even like the back the backup dancers, quote unquote. Um, when he's doing the group yeah. thing, like all of them, they're doing the same steps, but they're doing it 
their way. There's one guy with yeah. his hand on his like waist and he's doing like a, a thing and like they're all they've all got their own style and mm. that's what makes dirty dancing its own thing is that you know, no dance is going to be perfect, but it's the passion that you put into it and mm. it shows that through the transitions and even their final movements. Mm. It's really nice. Uh, Patrick Swayze was offered $6 million to reprise his role as Johnny for a sequel. He wasn't a fan of sequels, so he turned it down. Wow. Good. How, then... much, how much did he get for the cameo? Yeah, yeah. For, for Havana Nights. Oh, this was years later, though. This was like early, this was like 90s or 2000s. I think it was early 2000s. Yeah, oh, early 2000s. Wow, that's that long. Yeah. yeah so, so that's why he wasn't Johnny, because it was all based in the 50s as well, so it uh, wouldn't have made any mm, sense. Yeah. Uh, Swayze also insisted on doing his own stunts. During the log scene, he kept falling off the log and yeah. ended up injuring his knee so badly. I was wondering about that scene. Uh, they ha- he had to have fluid drained from the swelling. Oh, rough. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, he was insistent on doing all his own stuff. Which meant that for the final jump, because here's the thing, he actually had a previous knee injury. So Mm. when they were, apparently the story goes, is that the writer and the producer, um, she had an idea of Johnny, the writer. Um, She was like, it's all in his eyes. Johnny has to be like, what he's giving away all has to be through his eyes. So when they were doing headshots at first, she just wanted to look at the eyes, so all the faces were covered. (laughs) And she was only looking at the men's eyes. And then she saw Patrick Swayze's like blue eyes. And she was like, that's Johnny, that's who it is. They see it's Patrick Swayze, but then on his back of his thing, no dancing. And they're like, well, we need a dancer. But then a friend of a friend or a casting agent was like, what, no, Swayze, like his mum runs a dance studio. Like he grew up as a dancer. I don't know why it's not on his CV. He didn't put it on his CV because one, he wanted to be more of a leading guy, mm. and it was the eighties. Yeah, and men he didn't want to be just oh, you're cast because you can dance, yeah, you're like a backup can, thing. Yeah, you're a dancer, like mm. not like a leading man. Yeah. But also, he had a knee injury, right? And he didn't want to mess up his knee. So the fact that he injured his knee further mm. doing the stunt meant that the final jump scene, you know that, that yeah. big bam. Apparently, he did it. There was four takes. And it wasn't perfect. It was always like a bit off center or his face was a bit weird. And mm-hmm. um, and then apparently went up to the director and he says, I have one more in me. And he goes, and if I can't do it, then you have to use one of those shots because yeah. my knee, his knee was that bad. Yeah. And that's the shot that's used in the film was like the fourth shot or something. Right. And it was, it was that one. So he like really injured himself. That's why mm. you don't see many other dancing movies really after mm. this one. Mm. Fun fact, fun fact. Swayze knee injury. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, during the scene where Baby and Johnny are dancing in the woods and then later in the water, uh, that part of the movie was shot in October at Mountain Lake, Virginia, which is when all the leaves on the trees start to change colour. So the trees all around the lake for that scene were spray-painted green. Oh, God. Uh, due to the fact that the time frame of the movie was set in summer, if you look closely during the scene, you can actually see leaves falling off the trees. Those poor set designers and yeah. PAs. They do such I've a been great there. job. Oh. And at least it works because it's like the end of summer and mm. like then they have the autumn dance. Mm. So it's like, and it's a changing season. So they definitely made it work. And apparently they're shooting, same thing. They had to go, all right, we have to pick... They're not where they say they are in the movie. They had to pick a, a vacation home mm. that was, I think, as north, as, as south as possible. So when winter was coming, mm. it was the last area in America where the leaves were still technically had enough green. Time, yeah. So they were like against the clock of like of filming stuff. But the set dresses do an amazing job. Like everything, the whole world just feels 
so real but having to paint those leaves spray paint them mm. <laughs> no paint them <laughs> one guy just like Aah. one leaf shaped brush um, <laughs> so Swayze doing pretty well particularly considering he was actually in his mid 30s when they yeah. made this he was 34 to which 35 which you could sort of see he does look a little bit older he looks yeah. a bit older yeah. there's a few shots where you're like how old is he yeah, yeah, yeah there are a few shots yeah, yeah. Uh, but he also wore a girdle uh, during this film to help with the thinner younger look Oh, in okay. certain shots where he's in like the black t-shirt like the real tight tank top yeah, yeah. he's he's girdled up for those ones because I mean you don't think it though when you see him with his shirt off you're like nope that is not a man who needs to look any slimmer but for some of those shots you know what though if the shirts are very tight yeah. it doesn't matter how hot you are mm. a weird angle is not gonna is not, especially yeah. if he's meant to be say like 21 yeah. like your body changes man 35 things would be shifting and yeah um, so but at least you couldn't tell no, yeah, no. Didn't at all. no. So, yeah, but apparently he's girdled up for some of that. So, oh. there you go. The crew had to make Cynthia Rhodes look worse during the agony scene uh, because she looked too beautiful without makeup to look convincingly like she was in agony. <laughs> <laughs> so, when she's there going, Ah, oh, my ab- ab- abortion's been really bad and I'm dying, they're like, We have to make you look ugly, Cynthia. You are too good looking. You are too uh, pretty. Yeah. And she, she is a very pretty lady. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just really like that fact. They're like, You're too beautiful for this film. <laughs> Gonna fix it. In 1975, Jennifer Grey's father, Joel Grey, starred in a very short-lived Broadway musical called Good Time Charlie about the son of Charlemagne. Now, you're probably going, where's the connection to Dirty Dancing? Where is the connection to Dirty Dancing, Stephen? Are you going to tell us, Kate? No. Okay. It's because one of the ensemble dancers in the Playbill program for that show was Patrick Swayze. What? Yeah, Patrick Swayze was in a Broadway show with Baby's Dad. That's awesome. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Re- real life baby's dad, yeah. not not um... Jennifer Grey's dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jennifer Grey's dad. Um, rehearsals quickly turned into disco parties involving nearly every cast member, even non-dancers such as Jack Weston. The dancing and drinking went almost non-stop, and immersed in the environment, the lead actors and actresses began identifying with their characters. Eleanor Bergstein uh, built this. Uh, sorry, built upon this, encouraging the actors and actresses to improvise their scenes. She also built the sexual tension by saying that no matter how intimate or grinding the dance steps, none of the dancers were to have any kind of physical contact with each other for the next six months. Oh. So she basically went in and said, you can grind on each other all you want, mm. but nobody on this set is allowed you, to burn. You're locked on this set for six months and you gotta you, you gotta push all that sexual tension yeah. into the into the acting. And I think that may be why. I think that works. Yeah, yeah. I think it works really well because some of that dancing is is mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's uh, sensual. Yeah. Yes. Sensual. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hell of an after party. Yeah. Uh, in a 2006 interview with The Guardian, Bergstein talked about the movie's popularity with people from the former Eastern Bloc. Um, and th- this is really fascinating. This is the quote. In Russia, it's policy in the battered women's shelters when a woman comes in for help to first wash and dress her wounds, then give her soup, then sit her down and watch Dirty Dancing. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't that's know that. Good. Yeah. This was something that she learned, obviously, because... The film did make it there before the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah. And she actually goes on to say, when the Berlin Wall came down, there were all these pictures of kids wearing dirty dancing T-shirts. They were saying, we want to have what they have in the West. We want dirty dancing. 
but yeah, I just found it fascinating that, you know, in, in the Eastern Bloc, where, you know, obviously there was still the tensions, even though it was the end of the Cold War, mm. between East and West, just the fact that you have these these women's help shelters where they're like, these are the things you need. You need cleaning, you need food, and you need Patrick Swayze and Jennifer but Grey. here's the thing, like, it is a movie that does, again, one, it shows, like, you you are worth more like you so definitely that's something that like you should fight to be equal but also again i cannot overstate johnny castle is written by women and it shows Mm. such a this tender caring like all the men that you're meant to root for whether Mm. it's like the father as he learns and grows and johnny and even his cousin like yeah his cousin gives exposition but he's a good guy he's like a genuine nice guy like he's teaching the sister how to dance like he's very like he's carrying watermelons he's carrying watermelons who knows what for you know know, somebody needs them somebody it's hot it's hot and someone's got to carry them and he's gonna do it he's carrying all three by himself he's just a great guy not a creepy nice guy quote unquote like anyway um but Johnny is amazing. I mean, like to the point where, like, I'm just like, man, I, oh, if only, like, you, like, you, I think every woman, every woman wants a guy like Johnny Castle, and mm. I think it's sort of, it's the same with like, um, which side notes, totally weird. Other thing, has anyone seen George of the Jungle? Yes. yes. Okay. Also, also female gaze, female gaze yeah. film. Yes. It's amazing. But the scene where um, George is um, with the billowing white shirt and he's with the horse, mm. and all the women are just like. Oh my god! Like he's amazing, <laughs> and then the then it goes further back in the shot, and then there's men drinking, and they just go, "Oh, oh women and their horses." Am I right? Like you know, <laughs> just completely missing yeah. what they're actually looking at, and like mm. and how George has written, like, yes, he's hot, you know, young Brendan Fraser. Oh my gosh! Mm. Um, but like, and he's yeah, he's a bit of a himbo, a bit of a you know dumb bloke, but mm. he's not dumb. He's just you know, he's new to the world, but mm. he's caring and understanding and listens. And it's the same with Johnny. Like, yes, he can dance. Of course he's got a hot body mm. and he, the way he like can take control when they're dancing and stuff, but it's not actually, that's just one element. Like yeah. the, what actually makes Johnny Johnny is how he treats baby yeah. and how he treats Penny and yeah. how he, you know, he says, I'm going to look after you, you know, I'm mm. going to make sure nothing happens to you. You know, I'm going to, you know, they're using me, you know, I'm, you know, I want your dad to shake my hand, you know, yeah. that kind of like, I had a dream that, you know, that he, you know, shook my, every woman's like thing of like someone that you're casually seeing to go, Hey, I'm going to tell you about my dreams and my dreams are that I want your dad to want accept to have the respect me of your family, of your family. and yeah. like that, it, like he's, he's written just, Oh man, yeah. I, I want a Johnny. Oh, I think we all want a Johnny. I think really. we all do, mm, man. Yeah. That's he's amazing. Can't argue with that. Yeah, he's he's lovely. He's, he's lovely. a lovely boy. Uh, could have been played by Val Kilmer. Just going to throw that one out yeah, there. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Some of the listing of who auditioned <laughs> is ridiculous. Also, mm. the guy from what's his name? Um, you know, he played the dickhead in uh, Titanic. Oh, Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Oh. Billy Zane oh. apparently couldn't dance well enough. No, there's. Mm. I've seen video recordings of the auditions. Yeah could not dance and everyone was like it's ridiculous he had the look he had the you know the marlon brando look that they the, wanted but he the thing that's dance. weird watching this is patrick swayze is almost harrison ford yes and he, yes he is olden aaron reich looks more like patrick swayze in this than he does like harrison that's ford. that's a good call yeah that's all has, i could think of when he i look has at got him. a bit of the harrison ford look yes, yes. Yeah, good. That's what it was. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, "What is it?" This? Is it also they were about the same age at that point? Why do I well. keep going? Never tell me the odds. Like, <laughs> this just doesn't but make sense. I, also, um, 
which is another thing because um the like I love Patrick Swayze and that's like he's amazing for it. Mm. Um the only thing is that in the I think in the original script he was meant to be clearly more Italian. Mm. Um uh, and yeah. he got the cast he was amazing and he's like and they're from clearly some working city Bronxy sort of with their accents like all yeah. three of them have that very kind of his like his car is a New York license it's plate. a New York license plate yeah. so they're meant to be like the you know New Yorkers but it was also this extra layer of um, you know is that they are from like you know a Jewish vacation home and um, all the waiters are like the university college boys and they're all like Jewish and they're all quite from a wealthy home and then all the working class people you know you sort of see them and they're definitely more diverse and i think the whole other layer of it was meant to be that johnny is this italian catholic that is coming in because they had little parts like he had a bit of he had a gold bracelet that he's always sort of got on his um wrist and stuff like that but they don't i think originally he was meant to be more italian looking or like marlon brando sort of look where so people would go the cues would be oh he's italian from new york oh, he must be Catholic. And then yeah. also that extra layer of like class, but also faith. And yeah. also when they talk about like these type of girls or these sort of people, like I think um, that's the only sort of thing with the casting is that I think it would have so much heavier layers if it was played by um, an Italian actor or if it was, mm. um, I guess, the more modern American context would be, you know, like a Hispanic actor or, yeah. you know, a Latino mm. actor. So yeah. I think there would be that, that extra layer of where that classism is also coming from, that prejudice, because at the mm. moment it's sort of it's just, just, like, it's sort of just, just class-based at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's from the poor area of town, but, you know, so it is based on more of that class, but I think some of the dialogue and everything would have had, with Baby, yeah. would have definitely have had a heavier impact if they mm. had stuck more maybe to the, to the casting original. of what they wanted. Yeah. But... Patrick Swayze does an amazing job. Like mm. the his vocal choices and yeah, I can't imagine any other. Actor I can't imagine in anyone playing. Mm. You know, that's why I think when they tried to redo it, it really upset me because they just tried to get sort of like a Johnny, like a Swayze guy, but skinnier. And they, they actually no, they cast someone to be Danny Z- Danny Zuko. Yeah, and they were like, that's who he is, and he's not. You yeah. know, when I think if they were going to recast, they might as well have actually done something different which they did for penny the only good thing about the remake that they did for abc was um the act the woman that was the lead in pussycat dolls oh yeah yeah she played penny okay and she was amazing like her you know because they sing Mm. in it and this one is weird anyway um but (laughs) yeah anyway sorry the original version of the cry for me love scene featured jennifer gray nude but her appearing nude in the film did not do well in test screenings, so it was taken out of the film and does not feature in the deleted scenes. No. Indeed, no footage of it can be found. It is rumoured that that footage was destroyed. Which is good for them. I, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I like that you don't see it. Yeah, I don't think you need it. Like it's sensual no. enough, and yeah. like you, you get what's happening. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was a, that was a good choice. Uh, Dirty Dancing was the first film to sell a million copies on home video. Yep, Ooh. I understand. Yep, that. that makes sense. Yep. Um, it was also produced by a company where their job was like home videos. And yeah. then they were like, oh, we'll make more money in cinema as well. Like, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, first Makes film sense. to crack that. Uh, if you want a bit more of Patrick Swayze and Cynthia Rhodes working together, can I recommend the music video for Toto's Rosanna? Oh, really? Uh, oh, he was what—he was the dancer for the music video. He was one of the lead dancers from like yeah. the rival oh. dance gang. And she is the late, she is Rosanna. 
So when that song starts and you see that heel coming and you hear all the I don't know the words. Rosanna. Rosanna. She's Rosanna. Yeah, she is Rosanna. She's dancing along that fence. And this is after? This is uh, from five years before. Five years before? Oh, yeah, amazing. this is before Swayze had really made it big. So yeah. he's just one of like seven or eight dancers. Yeah. That's another reason why he didn't put Dancer in, because he was doing like a lot of music mm. videos and stuff yeah. like that. He wants to be an actor. Actor. Mm. Go watch it. Also, Rosanna's just a great song. Mm. Yeah. Rosanna, Rosanna. But Time of Your Life is also a really good song. It's good songs all around. It is. Uh, The final bit of trivia that I have for you guys is to do with the Pembroke, uh, the Virginia resort where many of the Kellerman scenes were filmed hosts three Dirty Dancing-themed weekends a year. you got to cash in on that. That's great. Dinners, a sock hop, a screening of the movie, a watermelon toss, group dance lessons, and a Dirty Dancing scavenger hunt are just some of the many activities on the agenda. So you're doing a a, a podcast getaway? Well, I was going to say, Kate, have you been? And if not, why not? (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't. I'd like... Again, when I saw it on Netflix, they have, like, the movies that made us or whatever. There's some really amazing facts. It made me, I was like, you know, if I was ever around there... That would be really cool. Um, but I've got my supernatural convention that I'll be going to with my mum. So those are, it's, it's mm. my mum, dirty dancing and supernatural. Mm. Don't look into them. How are they connected? Hot boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a black car, men in leather. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Can but... I suggest the Terminator? <laughs> that is that's I... what I was thinking of when he worked up to the porch I... in that leather outfit. Like, it's just Terminator. Love the Terminator. So, okay. again, so I clearly good. have a type. Mm-hmm. But um, when you go to the hotel, thanks to stuff like global warming, um, the lake where they do the lift mm. thing is empty there's no water in it now but what's a really cool thing they have like a little memorial thing for patrick swayze but to get the shot as you do in film movie magic is obviously the lake is a certain height and swayze and um uh, jennifer a certain heights and also he has to do a lift so she has to be a certain height to make it easier so some crew member hopefully they had a boat i really hope they had a boat Mm. um i keep thinking of all the all the stuff crew had to do for this movie um had to get like cement bricks and had to make like steps like a three-step thing and drop it in at the to so the actors could step on it and do the shot so the water is gone but if you walk into the middle of the lake the the concrete steps are still there. Are still there. Cool. The, the stone, the bricks mm. are still there. And I think that's so cool that if you wanted to, you could probably... Find the spot. Find the spot and you could, like, step on it and, you know, do the mm. lift or whatever. But there's no water. You'd probably get hurt. But there's all that trees and stuff growing in the area now. So yeah. Global warming, everybody. Mm. Ruined a perfectly good lake from Dirty Dancing. Yeah, once again, global warming. Won't even let us have Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Taking everything from us. Stupid climate change. All right, well, with all that being said... It's time to score the film. Andrew, mm. it was your first time watching Dirty Dancing. What are you going to give it out of 10? Ooh, I think... I can't think of any way to really improve this film. Like, it's amazingly shot, amazingly acted, mm. and just... It hooks you. Mm. And, like, you, you go in kind of expecting a corny ride, yeah. but it's kind of like it just hooks you when the characters are so good. So I think I have to give it... Nine trust lifts out of ten. Oh, my... I'm winning you over with these movies, man. I love it. (laughs) Okay, Kate, what about you? Uh, What what are you going to give Dirty Dancing? See, I love your rating system where you're like, how do I think, like, this movie could be improved and Mm. where would I get that? Like, so for me, this is a nine to a ten film. Easy. Mm. Like, I think... You can't, it's like lightning in a bottle. I, people, you can't remake it. I'd be interested to see what the stage show is like. So they, did, mm. they do have a stage show adaptation of it. 
Um, it's amazing, brilliantly acted, amazing dancing. It feels so real. And, yeah, so I think I would have, um, uh, yeah, nine, nine to ten of, um, of <laughs> Johnny like going like oh this is a nice place your place is probably really nice no this place is great <laughs> and it's a traditional boys room and it's just yep. crap everywhere and um it was very awkward and and i loved it so, so nine to ten of those out of ten nine to ten of of those of just can i, can I put you down for a nine and a half fine no okay. nine point eight 9.8 out of 9.8. 9.8 Swayze bedrooms. So, oh, Swayze. I mean, Johnny Castle bedrooms. Yes, <laughs> Take please. as many of them as you can get. <laughs> All right. For me, um, I I really enjoyed this. Um, I, I enjoyed it more and more as it went on, mm. as we got more of the story. And I think it's an absolute cracker. Yeah. And it, I think it's a film which maybe reputationally is remembered for the wrong bits. And that's the thing. I think it's the same with, um, yeah, like the lift and people take the piss, not understanding where it all comes from. I think it's the same when we were talking about when Harry met Sally yeah. and everyone, you know, everyone's like, this is actually a good film, but people, people don't... It's just osmosis into yeah. people's minds and, and they I assume it, they know what it is. Yeah, and it's the same with Dirty Dancing. When I said, this isn't The Notebook, this isn't a romance movie. Yeah. And a lot of people see this as, oh, this is just a dancing movie where they fall in love and mm. you know and people have this idea and it's like no this oh, thank is... goodness because the notebook is trash that uh, notebook is trash thank you sir uh, i won't thank get you, you two on for that one then thank Just you know an abusive asshole yes I, i've not actually seen it so. he's an abuser okay. he's an abuser the only emotional good thing, abuser. the only thing that came out of this movie was ryan gosling yes that started his we, career we can, we can thank the movie for that, for that. Mm. but he's a bad character he's an emotional abuser it's terrible. Moving on. And people Dirty go, that's really who you though. want. Well, Johnny Castle, completely different. So I think, like I said, it's not a romance movie. Mm. Well, it is a romance movie, but it's not a love story. This mm. isn't a romantic comedy. This isn't a romance film. This is a coming-of-age, sensual story sensual. that does have love in it, but, but it's it is, not... it is sensual. It, and that's good. But, uh, nothing uh, wrong note with note that. to audience, drink a shot every time sensual is said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go about <laughs> listen to it every time you're sensual. But it, but it is, and I love the fact that, just be, sorry before we wrap up, like women's sexuality and, mm. and coming-of-age stories for women, like, mm. you know, there's always like, you know, a girl's got to get raped or she's got to have a really guy that pushes her boundaries and she has to say no in the back of the car and, like, mm. be really frightened or there's a love triangle. It's always about all this stuff happening to her and, mm. and as she grows up. Well, baby, yeah, there's stuff happening, but she takes control. Mm. She makes the first move when she confesses her feelings of that fear to Johnny. Mm. She's the one that says dance with me. She's the one like, you know, she takes his own story and grows as a person and becomes a woman and finds her, her sexuality, but she also finds herself and her confidence to be a woman as she enters the next stage of her life. And mm. I think that that's amazing and not enough films focus on that. And I think a lot of films catered for women, quote unquote, mm. I think get looked down upon. And they're sort of seeing that yeah. this, isn't a, this isn't a movie that we want, but it's actually a good movie. They say it's a, a chick movie. flick. A, a chick very, flick. Very yeah. negative. Yeah, time. so I'm really glad that you two points liked it. Um, I, I would also, yeah. I would also say, um, before I give my score, that it is... A, that your um, mum was right and well, you're yeah, really one, glad that yeah. you watched mum this. Was, mum was right. Again, you're always right, <laughs> mum. Um, and I hope you enjoy this excuse to rewatch this film. Um, but also, I think it's really rare that you see a film about not only someone becoming a woman, making that transition over a short period of time, but where the experience 
in terms of not just the romance but sexually is positive. It's all positive Very for her. Yeah. It's all positive. Like there's that one fear of when they're not talking and I, and I was telling you guys hmm. when they have sex and it's like, is he going to pretend like it's never happened? Because that is such a a terrible thing that so many young people go through and when yeah. he just turns and smiles at her and like, yeah. you know, that sense of it's going to be okay. All of her experiences have been good. Yeah. And the women around her have had some shitty ones, but that's what women experience. And she tries yeah. to help as most women do. You know, she mm. tries to help her sister out without giving too much away. You know, she yeah. helps out Penny as much as she can. But those show the other realities that women experience. Yeah. And I love that hers were positive. Yeah, and you're right. There are so that. few films where it, it normally... It, it villainizes her. Yeah, it would it focus... villainizes the woman for yeah. wanting to be sexual. Or it shows cases that sex is a scary place. Ladies, be careful yeah. before you dip your toe in. Like, like any other film like this, like... Uh, they would be like an assault scene between like Robbie and the sister. You you would see that. Like yeah. they would show that. And for but women no, writing like, it, they're it's like, just we bad. know. We yeah. know what happens. They're just having a bad time and the relationship it. peters yeah. out and they move on. Yeah. But like any other, it would be uh, like, look at how our female lead is not like this other woman who's being an idiot with this other guy yeah. and she gets punished for that. Yeah. It's no, it's, it's there's shitty relationships going on. Yeah. But it, that's not the focus. Yeah, and also, like, in another movie, again, if it was written by Guy, Neil would have been creepy. He would have been very handsy. Like, he would have oh, been creepy. creepier. He also, like, yeah. he was very patronising. He also might have been, like, a protagonist. Yeah. If, yeah. if he was written by a guy, he would have been, like, a He would have done what Vivian did and blamed the wallet stealing on, yeah. on thing if he found out. If he had any awareness of anything going on around, around him, which him. he doesn't, which is so good. Mm. But yeah. Um, yeah, he would have been the one that yeah. would have said something. Instead of it being Vivian because she was jilted. Uh, yeah. Or she feels that she was jilted. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this eight and a half watermelons out of ten. Um, watermelons, good call. Yeah. Um, I I think this is this is really just lovely. Just go watch the film. That That's pretty much where we're at. Yeah. This is... If you haven't watched it already, if you've just listened to this breakdown of the film... While you're driving and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know. while you're driving your Chevrolet with the broken window because you had to break it because you locked your keys inside. While you're doing all that, just go and watch it. Get some Chinese food. Mm. It, mm-hmm. You know, if you can watch it with your mum, I think that's probably a good way of doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and just have a just have a really great time. Uh, have the time of your life, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is a really lovely film. Uh, Kate and Andrew, thank you so much for watching Dirty Dancing with me. Thank, thank you, you for having me. I'm so glad you guys liked it. Seriously, I'm really happy. Mm. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Here we go. There's Facebook. That's right. You can find us on Facebook. You can look for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. There's Spotify and SoundCloud and other podcasting services with which to listen to it each and every week. There's Patreon, uh, where you can join us each and every week. Uh, You can become a member of the club. You can get some extra bonus materials here and there. Help us suggest films and do all that. I thought I'd try a musical version, and that was fun. Yeah, it worked out, I think. Reality free. You can have those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. I'm, uh, I'm changing my score, by the way, to nine centuries out of ten. Centuals. And every one of those centuries counts towards a drinking game. Oh, okay. Yep, that's yeah, yeah, nine shots. Including those extra two I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.